You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, first Florida, now South Carolina. It's a hurricane again, Hurricane Ian. We'll know more in the morning about what kind of damage, but here are some images. Man, this storm is not fooling around. South Carolina, bad, bad stuff there. Uh, very similar, although, quite frankly, not as bad, not as severe as what we saw in, uh, in Florida, but still a big deal. Now, back in Florida, we're going through it, and you can see Whew, they're going to be picking up the pieces for a long time. The before and afters are, are pretty amazing, right? Um, look at this. There was a bridge, now no bridge. Um, thousands, hundreds of thousands of scenes just like this. Now, fortunately, Florida is in excellent hands with an excellent governor, Ron DeSantis. You had people immediately uh, descend onto the scene, particularly in southwest Florida. Uh, there's uh, life rescue, making sure people are, are okay, uh, following up on any type of, of calls. Um, and there's been really a Herculean effort. We've opened two major points of distribution for food and water this morning. Rescue personnel have gone to more than 3,000 homes in the hardest hit areas, uh, going door to door to check on the occupants of those residences. All right. Uh, that's what we want to hear. <laughs> he is on top of it. He's not emotional. He's not political. And Kamala Harris at this very moment is ultra, ultra, all of those things, especially political. You know, her words, if you're not concentrating, may seem pretty harmless. They're not. They are dangerous. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and, and impacted by, by issues that are not of their own making. And, and so women. we, absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. This affects everybody. Everybody comes together. Rich people, poor people, the middle class, first, everybody. You hear what's going on here? They're going to try to score some sort of obscure social justice point agenda in the aftermath of a storm. Take a look at it, all right? It did not discriminate, this storm. It did not discriminate. Now you see an opportunity, do you, Madam Vice President? You're going to target certain communities that may have been... Everybody is at a disadvantage right now. 
everybody. This kind of rhetoric, this kind of policy is damaging us and um, really ripping us to shreds. The country is falling apart in so many ways. Did you hear about this amazing paramedic slash emergency medical technician in New York City with the FDNY? Allison Russo Elig, 61 years old, a 24-year veteran of the service. She was there on September 11th. She was stabbed to death, stabbed to death by a total stranger in the middle of the day, in the middle of this city. Cops say she was walking in uniform on this sidewalk when a man approached, pulled a knife. And viciously attacked the EMS lieutenant, stabbing her numerous times about her body. Her fellow medics rushed her to the hospital as the assailant disappeared into this building. She was on duty at the time. She was rushed to Mount Sinai Queens Hospital, but she did not survive. She didn't survive, and a maniac came up to her on the street, took out a knife for no reason, attacked her, pushed her to the ground, and stabbed her some 70 times, 70 times. It was a somber scene at the hospital. First responders from all over the city came out to salute her as she was placed in a casket and driven to the funeral home. Now, fortunately, we have a suspect in custody. It is uh, this individual right here, 34 years old. No criminal record, but, um, well, had a history, reportedly, of schizophrenia. And we are seeing a lot of people on the streets who desperately need mental health but are just walking about. You know, when cops are under fire, <laughs> people, people, people with bad intentions, people who don't know better, feel emboldened. We're seeing it all the time across this country. I have never in my life actually seen something like this. Take a look. Take it off! Hurry up! Take it off! Take the watch off! I'll I'll show you! I'll kill you! Okay, okay. Right! Okay, okay, okay. Okay, thank you, thank you. Right! 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 Wow. (laughs) Look, I know stick-ups have happened before, but... I guess with cameras now, but in the middle of the day, in the middle of the day, and if they catch this guy, how much time is he actually going to do? Are they even going to look for him? Here's what's happening. A guy can go on a rampage with an ax in a McDonald's. No kidding, a rampage with an ax. Okay, this guy's going to do hard time, right? Eight, 10, 12 years. No, he did about 12 hours in a jail cell before they let him go with a promise to come back and see the judge in about six weeks or so. Uh, This is what's happening now. How about the guy who opened fire on the subway train because he was angry at everything, especially white people, by the way, if you look at his social media profile, and hardworking people doing their jobs. Like a cab driver drives a bunch of kids to a remote part of the city. They don't want to pay, so they beat him up, the man in the red shirt, and kill him. He's dead. He hit his head and died a short time later. Crime in this city, crime across the country, but these numbers are staggering. These numbers are staggering. We have not seen this kind of thing before since maybe 50 years ago. This is crazy stuff, and it doesn't have to happen. It's all artificial, and we are essentially canceling cops. They've been delegitimized, and what are Democrats focused on? Again, here in New York, if you'll allow me, what are they focused on right now? Take a look.
By the year 2035, and I signed this goal last year, we've achieved that milestone that we can be zero emission vehicles. New vehicles will all be zero emission vehicles by the year 2035. <laughs> can you hear the, this Gotham is on fire right there, right there. And you're talking about something that's gonna happen in 15 years. Are you crazy? Electric cars, by the way, disaster. It's not ready. They're not ready. Would you like to have a, an electric car in a storm? No. Thank goodness most people still have gas-powered vehicles. They don't work in a storm, the charging and all that stuff. Did you hear how oblivious, how her priorities? That's Governor Kathy Hochul. She's coasting, it looks like, to re-election because, let's face it, she's got all the perks of incumbency. Look at the security. Why would she be worried about crime? Look at her. She's got local cops, state cops, federal cops. Everybody is providing her security. The guy running against her, a Republican congressman by the name of Lee Zeldin, he's out there campaigning. Look at what happens to him. He gets assaulted on stage. He has a real chance, actually, to win. This is an overwhelmingly Democrat state, but... Even Democrats on some basic level understand that their lives are at risk in this environment. It really is. And if he does this, Lee Zeldin, and he needs your support, he needs your vote, he needs your money, a Republican could take back New York for the first time since 1995. That's the last time a Republican uh, took the governorship from a Democrat. It was George Pataki in 1995. In the meantime, it is a national pro problem. I mean, the anarchy that we see everywhere. Where's Barack Obama, huh? I always thought that he was going to be a leader on these issues. Remember, he was going to have a conversation that uh, only he could have. Well, he was only into being cool. He was only into promoting himself. It was all a lie because, I don't know, maybe the Barack Obama Crime Intervention Center in Chicago, New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles might be able to do something with meatheads like this. I told you it's going to get... We don't play with no regular... On my butter. Don't play with my slime. On folks great, it will get like that. Switchy. No talking. No cap. No talking. Good game. Three switches right here. And I picked the... That, that's just oh. enough right there. That's enough. <laughs> One, two, three. That's enough. Yeah, big we don't even get it. That's pathetic. It's pathetic and it's real and nobody seems to care. Barack Obama should be leading the charge. Instead, it really falls to conservatives to point this out. The rest of the media, mainstream or otherwise, talking about Black Lives Matter and equity. We have such serious problems here and nobody but nobody's talking about them other than a handful like yours truly. I'll be right back. podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads go to lips now that's l-i-b-s-y-n ads.com remember black lives matter summer remember the mainstream media glorifying it all Democrats, Joe Biden saying that this was necessary. Barack Obama saying go out there and make people feel uncomfortable. 
Well, it made a lot of good people uncomfortable. It hurt a lot of good people. It killed some good people, including David Dorn, uh, a former member, longtime member of the St. Louis Police Department. He was killed by a gang who was trying to rob a, uh, a pawn shop that he was providing security for. He was an absolute hero. Actually, I believe there's, it was streamed on Facebook. Can you believe that? The culture these days, these, these crimes, they, they capture them and they put them up on social media. Well, it got the attention of some key people, what happened to David Dorn, including the President of the United States. His widow, Ann Dorn, joins us once again, uh, who is a member of the uh, police department, worked at the St. Louis Police Department herself for a long time, retired not too long ago. Uh, Mrs. Dorn, welcome back. How are you? I'm good, Greg. Thank you. If you don't mind, it was one of the most impressive things I have ever seen in American history and political history. And that's your appearance at the Republican National Convention in 2020, speaking about your husband and what happened. And uh, I have that all queued up and I'd like to show the viewers. Thank you. I'd like to introduce you to my husband, David. He was the most kind, dedicated, loving life partner I could have hoped for. As I slept, looters were ransacking the shop. They shot and killed David in cold blood. And then live streamed his execution. David is never, never coming back to me. He was murdered by people who didn't know and just didn't care. We need to come together in peace and remember that every life is precious. That will always exist, and I'm, I hope you're very, very proud of that. Um, how are you doing, and what do you think about what has happened since you made those, those remarks? Um, I'm hanging in there as best I can, you know, day to day, but I'm very disappointed and um, disheartened by what's happening in many of our major cities now with the laws they've been passing and what's happening with crime. I have to tell you, when I saw your, um, your remarks, I really thought it was pivotal. I mean, who can see that and who can deny what's going on around us? I thought it would have, I know it had an impact, actually. I know it had an impact. I wish the results were different in the election. It's almost, it's happening just as you and I and so many others feared. They, they got somebody else in there, Joe Biden, and everything seems to be crumbling. Yeah, it is. Um not just Joe Biden, but all the prosecutors that got in at the same time and mayors that are running these cities now and they're running them into the ground. I don't know what they're looking for. I don't know what their final outcome is. Um, a utopia will never happen. So, you know, allowing these criminals to take over is not the answer. You know, I saw a prosecutor on television the other day saying, well, these are actually uh, these are all mega cities. These are states that Trump won in 2016, and I, I do believe Missouri may have been one of those states. But I, I point out that, and let's put up the map of Missouri, the county map. Uh, you'll notice, yeah, it's red. It's, there's a lot of red there. St. Louis is solidly blue with a Democrat mayor and these crazy woke prosecutors um, who insist on, <laughs> you're right, what is their end game? What, what are they getting at? It's a mystery to me. How are you spending your time? I mean, I, I know this is a major point of concern, obviously. How are you trying to make a difference? Um, I run a foundation now in Dave's honor, which I help uh, first responders with equipment, you know, so they don't have to come out of pocket for money. But I'm also a voice for officers 
a lot more fearful of speaking out against the mayor and the prosecutor. And with me being retired now, I'm not fearful. I can say what I want um, when I want, and um, they can't do anything to me. So I try to be the voice for the officers. So there's reason out there. So the citizens know what's happening. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you are free now. But I do remember, even when you were an employee, you weren't afraid to stand up and say what needed to be said. We all have a boss. We all have you know, certain restrictions, and it seemed like you abided by those, but you didn't uh, use that. You didn't, you didn't just stay home, and I appreciate it. Here's President Trump, by the way, speaking about David Dorn and your family at the convention in 2020 at the White House. Here tonight is the grieving family of retired police captain David Dorn, a 38-year veteran of the St. Louis Police Department, a great man and a highly respected man by all. In June, Captain Dorn was shot and killed as he tried to protect his store from rioters and looters, or as the Democrats would call them, peaceful protesters. They call them peaceful protesters. We're honored to be joined tonight by his wonderful wife, Anne, and beloved family members, Brian and Kaylin. To each of you, we will never forget the heroic legacy of Captain David Dorn. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. What was that like? Um, it was surreal. We, we'd never expected to be there. Um, David always uh, said, you know, you're, you never know, you know, if you're invited to the White House, you're only invited once. And um, we were invited back twice. And it was an honor to be um, to be there. It really was. Can I ask you, um, I had a public argument with somebody on the other side of this issue, and uh, he's very much a Black Lives Matter activist and all those kinds of things. And I tried to see if we could find any common ground. We could not. I'll have more on that in a little bit. Have you spoken to anybody uh, from that movement who's come to terms or realized what you're going through and thought, gee, maybe, maybe the summer of 2020 wasn't, wasn't glorious? What wasn't what should have happened. Have you had any conversations like that? No, no, no one has reached out to me and just trying to have those conversations don't happen. They um, they're far and few between and nobody feels comfortable having those conversations. It's one sided and they have their opinion and their opinion is all that matters to them. It's interesting. We are having a very silly conversation about a lot of things in America to avoid having a, an important uh, substantive one, CaptainDavidDornFoundation.com, CaptainDavidDornFoundation.com. We can go there. And again, this is uh, to help out police officers, some of the tactical equipment or extras that they would like that their departments aren't funding, they can perhaps be funded by this foundation? Oh, yes. Just not uh, police officers, but all first responders, fire and EMS as well. We buy equipment to keep food on their tables. All right. Well, we love it. And uh, thank you so much for what you're doing. And uh, we think about you often. And uh, we love uh, we love your whole family, by the way. Just about everybody's been here. So thank you very much, uh, Mrs. Dorn. Thank you. You have a great night. Okay. To be continued. And we'll be right back. (laughs) Donald Trump, how does he do it? You know, he's being sued, investigated. uh, Well, basically, ever since he came down that escalator, They've been after him, and he survives every time. Not only survives, he thrives. Supporters love him, and uh, a lot of us want him to come back as president of the United States. 
Joining us right now is Alina Haba, attorney for the former president, uh, representing him in, well, several matters. And uh, Alina, welcome back. Hey, what's it like? Your boss is the president of the United States. You, hey, I don't mean to pry here, but do you charge by the hour? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Just like all lawyers, I wow. do. Wow. All right. So he I... wants you uh, in and out. He can be very, very okay. Let's get to the point. Let's get to the point. So let's get to the point. What is the most pressing threat to the president right now uh, that he's facing, or is it all a bunch of junk? I tend to believe it's junk, but you're the pro. Yeah, it's all a bunch of junk. It's, it's, you know, as if you're playing tennis and you have a machine that's just throwing tennis balls at you. You just keep hitting them left and right. I think in his last rally, he said, you can keep trying to knock me down, but then I'm just going to get back up. Um, it's really all much of the same. I would love to tell you that one is more relevant in the legal realm than the other to him. But quite honestly, when they're all just political attacks, they kind of balance out and they're all identical. So it's one political attack after another. That's the way we kind of look at this. Um, and it's just getting through them. And he is incredibly resilient. So I'm not concerned. Now, he's he's no, he's no stranger to litigation. I mean, for decades as a businessman, he sued people, people sued him. Uh, does it get, though, you know, it takes up a lot of time. Is that part of their intent to try to drain his resources, i.e. lawyers who charge by the hour? and also just take up his time? And are they trying to discourage him? Maybe he just throws up his hands and say, you know what, it's not worth it anymore. I'm not gonna run. Probably. Yeah, you're probably right, Greg, but here's the thing that they forget. Number one, he's incredibly wealthy. <laughs> he's got an endless amount of resources that I personally wouldn't be able to sustain my own litigation of you know, this many um, cases, but they're frivolous and it's kind of one and the same. Um, and the other thing that they forget about President Trump is that the more you try and knock him down, the more he will get back and hit you harder. That is who he is. So they think they're hurting him. What they're doing is, in my opinion, they're they're strengthening his base. They're creating a tremendous amount of controversy and they're making a lot of the American people angry because they're seeing the pile on, you know, Miss James deciding to file a lawsuit because she's behind in the polls, um, you know, 40 some days out of the election, them doing the raid, even though they were cooperating. Uh, you've got, you know, endless amount. I could go on and on and on. But if you think that's going to break Donald Trump's spirit, you're wrong. It really only invigorates him. And he just keeps fighting. One more thing. What about could he do this? Could he just say, you know what, I'm not responding. Uh, this lawsuit has no merit. I'm, I'm just not going to bother with it. Uh, I guess you can't do that. <laughs> I, I wish no, you could. But unfortunately, why, why can't you do that? Um, us lawyers wouldn't have a job if that was the case. Uh, unfortunately, you would get a default and you do have to respond when a complaint is filed against you and, and you're served with a complaint. Um, more importantly, I think for my client, I can tell you he has no problem answering because they're garbage. So, you know, we've got Letitia James going after valuations of real estate when there were sophisticated banks and sophisticated companies that were providing valuations of their own. Nobody lost money. There was no victims. But Miss James needs to win a race. So she's politicized the attorney general's office and she's got her cohorts that are going right along with her. It's no different than the DOJ and the FBI with the raid. Um, you know, it's a sad state of affairs, but I'm really proud to work for somebody who never flinches, is never discouraged and just keeps on going. 
Well, that's pretty wild. Alina Hava, we're glad you're by his side. Continued success. You bet. Give him our best and to be continued. Thank you. We'll be right back. Thank you. Well, there's President Trump, of course. We all know him. Looks like he's on his way to the White House. But a lot of people see this picture and they're like, who's that guy behind him? Especially, uh, well, especially women. This guy has been very intriguing. However, well, here's the deal. His name is John McEntee, one of President Trump's most trusted aides. At one point, he was the director of White House presidential personnel. And now he is in an entirely new venture. And it's very, very cool. He has created a dating app. But first, let's meet John McEntee. John, welcome to Newsmax, and how are you? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Uh, congratulations on the new app. It's called The Right Stuff. Uh, we'll, get, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But first, there you are with President Trump, and people have wondered about you. Who's that tall, good-looking guy right by President Trump? And you were one of his most trusted aides. Could you do us a favor? Tell us the story about how you came to be so close to President Trump. Well, I started as a volunteer on the campaign in 2015, and uh, different opportunities kept coming along, and the campaign was so small that it was easy to rise through the ranks. I believed in the candidate. I think he was a great president. He was the best boss you could ever ask for, and I'm just incredibly grateful for the opportunity I had there. Well, it's pretty amazing, and the stuff that you saw and the places you got to go, and I know he trusts you very, very much, and that's terrific. So, all right. The Right Stuff, a dating app for conservative singles. Wow. Tell us how it works. Okay. So if you're a single conservative right now, there's no good options for you. The current apps don't want you. And there's just not as many organic ways to meet like there used to be. As conservatives, we need to get back to the basics. And we need to play to our strengths. Um, Our greatest strength is that we're still normal. We want to have a normal dating experience. Um, leftism is actually making people uglier. You can go online and look at pictures of people before and after they became a leftist. And you'll look at young people that before they look like your average all-American kid. And after they uh, look like you know something from Dawn of the Dead. We want to be with our own people. We're more attractive. We believe in God. We love our families. And what we're trying to do is put everyone in one place so that they can find each other easier. They can meet and match and go out and have fun. And our app is the same experience you'd have on another app, minus all the weird stuff, with some additional features where you can post a date and do other fun things that really emphasize getting out and getting back to normal. Fantastic. So we go to uh, the App Store and look for the right stuff. It's right there. It's free. It's free to use. It's in the App Store. You can go to The Right Stuff or Date Right Stuff, and you can follow us on social media at Date Right Stuff. All right. Now, uh, by the way, you have this is a big deal project. Uh, My understanding is Peter Thiel, the world famous venture capitalist slash inventor slash genius slash Republican, has a has a hand in this. Uh, 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 what do they call those guys? Uh, golden investor. What do they call those dudes again? Yeah, an angel investor. Yeah. So we're thrilled to have Peter's backing. Um, 
this this type of project has sort of been tried before and the reception has been so great the appetite for this is there those people just didn't have the infrastructure they didn't have the team and they didn't have the time uh and they didn't have the capacity to do it full time so we have those things we're really excited about the initial response we're live in the app store and uh we'll be unlocking profiles sometime next week uh all right so look you say it's like a lot of the other dating sites out there, but with, you know, without the weird stuff. Do you swipe left? Do you swipe right? You know, we know all about Tinder and Hinge and all this stuff, Bumble. Some of them are arguably hookup uh, apps. How do you not be that? Or are you that a little bit? We're a dating app for all conservatives and for all types of dating. The biggest differentiator is the network itself. It's the highest quality and we're trusting our users to invite other high-quality people. The experience is similar where you swipe and like, but like I said, we have an additional feature where you can post a date and see who'd like to join you, and we just have other fun things like that that we really think will get people out on real dates. Our whole thing is real people, real dates. Well, I hope this works out. It sounds like a great concept, the right stuff, available wherever you get your apps. And uh, I hope you make a billion dollars and uh, make it quick because we're going to need you by President Trump's side if he runs again. <laughs> Can you tell us, do you keep in touch with him? And uh, would you like to see him run again, as I would? I would love to see him run again. I keep in touch with him periodically. I'm totally focused on the app right now. But, of course, I would love to see him run and win. He, uh, he did a lot of great things as president. I'm sure he will do even greater things again. And, you know, the greatest accomplishment he had was the transformation of the Republican Party. Um, you know, the conservative base now is far more conservative and Republicans are held more accountable. They can't talk as much as they used to. So these are good things. Uh, I'd love to see him back in there. And when one more thing, I think everybody, you, the president, everybody, so much more prepared this time around. You know what I mean? You know the swamp. You learn some lessons. And right. uh, you guys would be uh, unstoppable on fire. Not that you weren't the first time, but, you know, I Even think uh, yeah. it could be great. It could be really great. John McEntee, uh, very impressive. The right stuff. Get it. You are the founder and CEO, by the way, of this app. And, of course, former trusted A2 President Trump. Uh, thank you, sir, to be continued. Uh, take care. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You bet. And we'll be right back. President Trump, like very few public officials in all of America, understood the grave risk shutting down the country, shutting down our way of life, keeping people inside, away from family, friends, their job, the devastating impact that could have on mental health and what it could lead to. Under the Biden lockdown, countless Americans will die from suicide, drug overdose, deferred medical care. The countless people that will die from depression and drug overdoses and suicide. Under Biden's cruel and senseless lockdowns, countless Americans will die, and you know this, from suicide. When she keeps everybody locked up like a prison, your drugs and alcohol and abuse and suicide. When you look at all of the suicide, all of the domestic violence, the drugs, all of the problems, we can't have it. 
He said that from the very earliest stages, actually, of the pandemic, the shutdown, and just about everybody dismissed him. Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Headline after headline, you know, the fact checkers would come out. Fact checking Trump's claims about suicides. Uh, experts also say that there's no evidence to suggest that the suicide rate will rise dramatically. Again and again, Trump says suicides will increase. Experts say he's wrong. There's no evidence that suicides will rise dramatically. They never gave this guy any the benefit of the doubt. Trump claims rising suicides. Yes, he did. And what did the AP fact check say? Uh, President Trump is making a baseless claim of surging suicides if the U.S. economy remains mostly shut down due to the spread of the coronavirus. Well, guess what? He was right. He was right. You know, he has tremendous instincts, uh, common sense and empathy. Yes, empathy. You know, his brother died of alcohol related issues. And so did a lot of people, especially during the pandemic. Well, he was right about suicides. The numbers are coming in. U.S. suicide rates rose in 2021 after two years of decline. The suicide rate last year increased 4% compared to the rate in 2020. Now, and next, please. Uh, the, ra the rise was driven largely by suicides among men. Males ages 15 to 24 experienced a sharpest increase at 8%. And also from NBC News, they say... The number of people who died by suicide rose from 2020 to 2021, following a brief period of decline. Now, they're they're trying to downplay it, actually, because and it's a Friday. They put the news out on a Friday uh, because they know what they said about Trump when he said this, when he said the obvious. But he said it. So they denied it. They denied it came from Trump. And now we know he was right. They never gave him the benefit of the doubt. They never understood that he's a leader. And a leader, sometimes, yeah, they're imbued with special qualities, special qualities. I believe he has those. And I hope he brings them back. All right. Also this. Who remembers earlier this week we talked about those beautiful kids who got on an NYPD bus to go to Washington, D.C. for a field trip? Uh, I'm all for the kids going to Washington, D.C. to check out the sites. But I thought this was actually a, a missed opportunity. They get on the NYPD bus to go see the African-American Museum of History and Culture uh, in Washington, D.C. Um, there are a lot of better museums to see in Washington, D.C. Again, a nice effort, and I'm glad the cops um, ran it. Take a look. A lot of these kids haven't had the opportunity to get down there. Some of them can't afford it. Some of them don't even know that it exists. So for us to be able to do this, it's just, again, it's a great educational opportunity for them. It's a great way for us to partner up with the Board of Ed and give these kids an interactive experience. All right. The thing is, I'm sorry, but I'm not a fan of the African-American Museum of History and Culture. I'm just, I'm not. I've been to a lot of museums. I've been to that one. And, uh, well, inside, it's, uh, well... I don't know. It's a lot about slavery. They've got a new exhibit about Harriet Tubman. And, and these are important things in our history, but we already learned them in school. And it's all anybody seems to be talking about these days, right? I mean, it's everywhere, this horrible, grievous sin from our past. What about something that brings us all together as Americans, a collect collective achievements? And I'll say it again. I think they would have been better off going to the Air and Space Museum. They've got one in Washington, D.C. They've got one in, um, in Dulles, Virginia. And they've got everything in there. They've got uh, the Wright Brothers plane. They've got the space shuttle. They've got uh, Lindbergh's plane across the Atlantic. They've got the command module that flew around the moon. You can actually touch the moon itself. I mean, this is, 
This is stuff that I remember doing as a five-year-old, and I went back when I was six. I went back every chance I get. I go back every time I'm in Washington, D.C. Now, some people don't like that I'm speaking like this. They are very, very sensitive about, well, who are you to say that? Including this one guy. What's his name? Joe, Joe Madison. Oh, boy, he's on Sirius Radio. He cursed up and down about me and my thoughts. You know, Greg Kelly, what an what a give me a damn break well i've been there but it's divisive oh the kids go to the air and space museum oh that's cool you can touch a moon rock oh but this is divisive oh you know this is divisive excuse me sirius xm and pandora by the way they have an exhibit there they have an exhibit there uh, that, uh, so what? <laughs> I uh, a serious exit has an exhibit at the museum. It sounds even more boring than I thought initially. Uh, next, please. You can also see Chuck Berry's Cadillac. Dick Gregory has an exhibit there. Uh, Chuck Berry's Cadillac. Do those kids want to see Chuck Berry's Cadillac? Do they know who Chuck Berry is? I mean, uh, okay, there he is, Chuck Berry, quite a guy. He, he died only in 2017. Uh, Dick Gregory. Do those kids want to see Dick Gregory? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I just don't know, quite frankly. Uh, all right, what else did he say? And then we'll wrap it up. Let me tell you something, Greg Kelly. If you had any brains whatsoever, any Damn you, I'm, uh, let me tell you, you know, and, and I don't, call me, damn it, call me. But you don't have the courage to call me. Damn this. I actually called him this morning on the radio. All he did was curse. He yelled and screamed and cursed. And uh, anyway, tried to make a little bit of headway. We didn't. Uh, I still think that, yeah, it's, it's divisive and not productive to go around thinking and reliving uh, these horrible issues that we overcame as a country. We fought a civil war about it. You can. You can dwell in the past if you want. Uh, I choose not to. It's a silly conversation that's happening about race in America to avoid a serious, important one and helpful one. I'll be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. Hey, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Tomorrow night, Donald Trump goes to Michigan for a big rally. We will cover it. We'll have it live, the only news channel that will have it live. Enjoy it. Watch it. Uh, from beginning to end. You learn so much, okay? Thank you very much, everybody. See you soon.